0: hello steven welcome (laughs) to the world of pandora
1: hey hey, how uh wow yeah this
0: isn't this a magical place where the plants light up
1: yeah uh, did you do something to yourself we i've
0: i've painted myself blue because now i'm one of the navi and i'm in touch with the planet, and I love- I fuck animals with my ponytail! Yeah, I
1: see that. It's- oh, wow.
0: Here, put this on. It's your ponytail. Oh,
1: oh boy. Okay, cool, so- okay, good. We're
0: gonna connect with each other. Oh, oh, I see.
1: Yeah, just like in the movie.
0: That's right. The movie that's playing right now on my TV and hasn't stopped for three weeks. Oh,
1: you should- don't you want to watch something else? No. Don't- okay. Hey, I have an idea. What? Well, instead of watching it again for what I imagine is what the thirtieth or fortieth time, uh, uh-huh. why don't we turn 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 the movie off and and we'll do our podcast and we'll just talk about it.
0: I see you, Steve Shives.
1: Uh, I see you too. I see. We can make out now. <sighs> out there beyond that fence. Every living thing that crawls or squats in the mud wants to kill you and eat your eyes for jujubes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives.
0: And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is, if I can remember it, um, Good. Right? Steve
1: <laughs> I, That's what I'm told, yes. I,
0: I think it's good.
1: If 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 you ask somebody about it who saw it back in the day and, and they remember it, they'll probably yeah. have a fairly positive opinion of it, sure.
0: Yeah, just so long as you're not talking to the crazy people who wish that, you know, that the planet Pandora was a real place and that they could go there.
1: Yeah. Or the people who greenlit the four sequels that are currently in development.
0: Oh, you mean those money vacuums that oh. work for Disney?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Who own that franchise now, I think, because they yeah. bought Fox.
1: They bought Fox, yeah. So they're like, That's oh, right. we get we get this too? Oh, They walked up sweet. to James
0: Cameron and says, if you want to keep playing in your bathtub with your submarine, you're going to make three <laughs> or four more
1: of these fucking things. <laughs> we got to have some more content for the theme park. Yeah. You There's just nothing there. It's <laughs> <There's laughs> just a big fucking tree. What else? I mean, what else is
0: that? Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll be, we'll be, good. yes, we're doing Avatar.
1: Avatar.
0: just Avatar, right?
1: Not Avatar, The Last Airbender.
0: Thank God. well, we're going to do that eventually. Oh, boy. <laughs> wait,
1: just got to wait for the clock to run out on that one.
0: Oh, you'll hear Jason get so
1: angry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried
0: right, Avatar, the sci-fi class classic film that broke so many box offices, and then was promptly forgotten by the entire population of the world. I mean, people would say, "Hey, Avatar," and they go, "Yeah, yeah." But there's no catchphrases. <laughs> there's no toy lines. There's no nothing. There's nothing. There's no. nothing.
1: No, You type no.
0: Avatar into the search bar of Google, and it goes what?
1: <laughs> Are you? Did you mean Avatar the anime? Like, no. I'm you mean I-
0: that three D movie?
1: <laughs> no, uh, no, thirty somethings walking around with faded vintage Avatar T-shirts. What
0: Avatar T-shirts? Exactly. What classic? you know, what classic scene is recreated on? Are we recreating the poster with the papyrus font on it? Is that what people are wearing?
1: <laughs> I was, I was going to mention that. I feel like the, the, the most uh, valuable cultural contribution. Of, of this film was that one kind of funny Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Ryan Gosling, oh,
0: yeah, w- yeah, yeah, where yeah.
1: he's like obsessed over the fact that they just <laughs> use like a, a very slightly modified version of Papyrus for the title <laughs> font, and it's like taken over his whole life.
0: Uh huh. So that's the yeah. lasting cultural impact of this movie. That's is it? that's the yes, a that is slightly the slightly cult- funny two minute sketch on Saturday Night Live. <sighs> All right, great Avatar, Steve. Do you have any trivia for Avatar? No, it was an uneventful thing, right? There's, no, there's no I, I,
1: I, I did. I looked up a few things that I thought were oh, kind okay, of interesting great. about it. Um, I mean, I didn't know any of this shit going in, but uh, <laughs> this was this, as everybody knows, the the director of this film also directed Titanic. Uh, this was actually James Cameron's first uh feature fictional film. As a director since Titanic, he had done some documentaries during what I used to refer to as his fucking deep sea phase. Yeah. Where he was just like, I'm going to do deep sea documentaries. He
0: explained it away this way. I can make movies when I'm 80, but I can't go on expeditions when I'm 80.
1: Okay. You could go. I mean, you are pretty rich, Jim. Like, you could just go on an expedition and not make a movie about it and force the rest of us to watch it
0: publicly funded midlife crisis
1: oh i see uh so and and like like titanic this also became the number one top grossing movie of all time until this year when it was finally finally was ended it was finally toppled by (laughs) by the movie with all the superheroes in it <laughs> that's what that's what Marvel and Disney had to do to dethrone Avatar. They said we're going to have to make a movie with just all the superheroes, and that's then right. they and they just barely edged it out. Um, also, uh, before the movie came out, uh, this movie was in development for a long time. It was ridiculously yeah. expensive when they finally shot it. Twentieth Century Fox was so worried that Avatar would be a flop that uh, James Cameron offered to forego his director's fee if the movie was not a hit. Obviously, oh, well, that that wound yeah. up not being a problem. But
0: you know, If it did flop, that would totally make up for the amount of money they spent on it, right? That
1: he would- I, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure he made a lot of money, but I'm pretty I'm sure, his, sure- direct, his director's fee wasn't like $300 million. At the
0: Board of <laughs> Businessmen at 20th Century Fox as they were sitting around going, I'm really afraid for this Avatar thing. What if it flops? He says, don't worry, guys. If it flops, we don't have to pay the director.
1: Oh, Oh
0: thank goodness.
1: (laughs) That makes me feel better.
0: All right, bring in those child prostitutes we had that guy bring us, and let's light up our cigars with money like we all do, and (laughs) we can forget all our troubles and worries.
1: A deal's a deal.
0: Okay, is that the extent of your, your um,
1: trivia? Also, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character in the movie, when she's in her avatar form, you might occasionally watch see her uh, wearing a Stanford tank top. That's uh-huh. a neat little that's a neat little Easter egg because uh, Sigourney Weaver's alma mater in real life is Stanford University, and that's actually where she discovered acting. So there you go.
0: Oh, yay!
1: Isn't that more interesting than anything in the actual film?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I have some trivia. Please. Um, watching this movie, I discovered that it's more powerful than Ambien.
1: <gasps> I see.
0: Because <laughs> I struggle to stay awake while watching so how,
1: it. How, the movie is two and a half hours. How long did it actually take you to get through here's,
0: it? Here's some more trivia. <laughs> when I saw it in the movie theaters on an IMAX screen with the 3D glasses on, I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> wow. Not not the hoped for reaction. Nope. No.
0: So are you ready to go into the Who Mades It?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Uh, All right. It was directed by James Cameron. You know who he is? He directed Terminator and Terminator 2 and Titanic and this movie, and uh, he apparently believes in 11-year stretches between films because that's always good to keep a director's juices flowing is by not doing that job for a long period of time. (laughs) Has anyone else noticed that when he has long stretches between films, his directing and writing gets worse and worse?
1: (laughs) Because when it comes time to do the actual screenplay, he's like digging through drawers, looking up like shit that he wrote down on napkins five years before. Terminator
0: 2 is a great movie.
1: It's, oh yeah. Terminator
0: 2 is a better, is one of those rare sequels that are better than the first one.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Then he takes a long break, and he comes out with Titanic. And if you guys don't know how we feel about Titanic, go all the way back to our first season where we reviewed that piece of shit, and we'll <laughs> tell you exactly what we feel about Titanic. That it was a derivative, boring piece of garbage. Then he took even longer off before making <laughs> this movie.
1: And he came back with this blue people shit. <laughs> James. James. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, it was produced by James Cameron and John Landau, who also produced Titanic and like Dick Tracy. (laughs) There's a feather in your cap. It's an
1: interesting career as a producer.
0: I mean, a flop. (laughs) A flop that should have been successful considering the star power behind it.
1: And then apparently he found success by making friends with James Cameron, also known as the Bill Paxton method.
0: Also known as the "I'm an ATM machine that spits money down the trousers of studio executives," <laughs> and it was written by James Cameron, just him. Somebody <sighs> should have gotten their hands on that goddamn script.
1: Hey, Jim, can I see that?
0: Starring Sam Worthington as Jake Sully. Uh, uh, James wanted a nobody, and <laughs> and. And Sam Worthington was living in his car when he auditioned for this movie, so he found a nobody. And uh, when he was cast, so the way this was filmed was... Do you remember this period of time when Sam Worthington was suddenly in every movie?
1: Yeah, he was in one of those Terminator movies, and yeah, he was in the the remake of The Clash of Titans.
0: That's right. Yeah. Um, That's because... Um, he, they, people found out that he was cast in the new James Cameron movie and since that was all being filmed most of it was being filmed you know, motion capture style, yeah. there was a long period of time after he did his principal work that he had time to go make other movies and since people went well there must be something about this guy there isn't, and so they got <laughs> him and they got him for all these other movies and they went uh oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really have much does he
0: he's not a <laughs> bad actor he's no. just a uh, uh, actor he, he's yeah he's okay he doesn't make you hurt
1: <laughs> which is um, always good
0: yeah he makes me hurt, hurt. he makes me hurt oh. and he's so happy to hear there's three more films Stephen <sighs> lang as colonel miles court Quarich. court
1: corich i, Quaritch, I huh? think yeah, it corich yeah yeah Sure.
0: Uh, Michael Bane was originally uh, selected, but uh, I think was actually shown the script, but then he turned it down, and then he went, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." And and I then Michael Bane went to a cave. I guess I don't know where (laughs) has he done anything. I
1: I don't know what he's done lately. Yeah,
0: um, you'll know um, him from uh, Gettysburg, I guess. Gettysburg, Gettysburg,
1: Gettysburg, and and it's misbegotten follow up. Gods and generals. Yeah. Uh, God bless any of you who, like me, sat through that. Uh, and oh. he was in he was in Tombstone. He was Ike Clanton in Tombstone. Right. Yeah.
0: Sigourney Weaver as Grace Augustine. You know Sigourney? Do I? <laughs>
1: alien,
0: alien. You know when she's
1: I, been in a few successful films over Galaxy the years. Quest, yeah, Ghostbusters.
0: Ghostbusters Giovanna Ribisi as uh, Parker Selfridge Evil Fuck corporate me. guy <laughs> That doesn't sound like selfish, does it? No. Parker Selfridge Hmm. You know him, he was the medic that cried for mama And saved Private Ryan And yeah. he's been in a bunch of other garbage Or stuff uh, been, <laughs> A bunch of a other garbage He's usually a good actor <laughs>
1: He's a really good actor, sure, yeah
0: Joel David Moore as Dr. Norm Spellman. Nothing. (laughs) Dalip Rao as Dr. Max Patel. You saw him in Inception. Yeah. Zoe Saldana as Natiri. She's in everything now. She's literally, this this also had the same effect on her career as well. Because the same year this came out, the Star Trek came out. And she was cast in that because she was in this. Yeah. Right? And Guardians of the Galaxy and a whole bunch of other stuff. CCH Pounder is Moat and you'll know her from a lot from TV. Mm-hmm. And um, I first saw her in Baghdad Cafe. Wes Studi as I'm not pronouncing that. No. I have a hard enough time with real human languages. I'm not gonna do it with this fucking made up <sighs> Navi shit. <laughs> <laughs> e token.
1: Yeah, E or I tuken or something.
0: I yeah. I-tuken. And um, you won't know him because he only appears as you know this guy. But I mean, he was in like Dances with the Wolves, and yeah, and he's he, they're gonna. Oh my god! I don't know if they did this or not, but I read it on his bio that the Academy Awards were was giving him a special Academy Award for being a Native American actor. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you! Number Thanks. one, he's a great actor. He's, he's been amazing. In a lot of stuff.
1: He's an amazing actor.
0: He can play comedy. He was the only funny thing in fucking Mystery Men. And he has been in tons and tons and tons of movies. And they're like, oh, here you go. We're going to pat you on your head and give you a fucking, you a fucking special Oscar. Look, we put a, a war, a war chief bonnet on it just for you.
1: <laughs> We're not going to actually reward you for your excellent work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Laz Alonso as Tzutzi t- 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 Tutsi. Sute. Sute. Whatever.
1: I only know that one because they say it a couple of times in the movie.
0: And he's been in some stuff. He most recently appeared in the uh, Amazon series The Boys. I think that's an Amazon series. I don't know. It's streaming. Yeah. If you like superheroes, go watch The Boys. Um, Music by James Horner. And you know him from Wrath of Khans and Aliens, and this was his last score, wasn't it, Steve?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because
0: he crashed his plane, and he was flying by himself after this happened, mm, yeah.
1: and he died. And nobody was there to write the score for it.
0: I'm sure he wrote a great score as it was
1: going he, down. He, he, if you could hear what he was humming right in those last <laughs> moments, it was goddamn beautiful.
0: Cinematography by Mauro Fiore, who also uh, uh, shot Training Day and Dark Phoenix. Ooh. Edited by Stephen Rivkin, who worked on all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, John Rafua, who edited Geostorm, and James Cameron.
1: Hmm.
0: Three. Three editors.
1: And three I think, of them. <laughs> I, think, I think Cameron on there was just trying, he was just gunning for an extra Oscar in hey, case this Steve? had a good year.
0: When sixty percent of this movie is a cartoon, how are you editing it together? I know
1: like are the CGI guys just, just sending you isolated shots? Like they're not yeah. they're not editing a sequence together. They're just right. like they're like Here oh, okay. you go. um
0: well I didn't like this shot. Can we can we get another one? And like this is the shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> this is the no, fully is, rendered shot. This James. is what you wanted. <laughs> this this took a week to make.
0: Can, can we get a week? This this theory- <laughs> is Production company Lightstorm Entertainment, Dune Entertainment and Ingenious Film Partners Distributed by 20th Century Fox Release day, December 18th 2009 Running time, 161 minutes Total plot time, (laughs) (laughs) 3
1: What do you think we think of the movie, folks?
0: Budget Budget 237 million dollars Box office, two point seven nine billion dollars. As we said, it stood at the top of that pile of money until Thanos walked up and just kind of kicked its ass right off the top of it, and uh, he's up there. So
1: that was inevitable. Huh? I said that was inevitable.
0: And Disney is hoping to God that the Marvel franchise and the Avatar franchise have a decades-long fight over who's at the top, yeah. because ultimately, they're the ones that get all the money.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like the two different WWE shows pretending to compete. It's like, gee, I wonder, there's like Bob Iger just counting money on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> Avatar, yeah, that's the best. No, Marvel, yeah, go get them. <laughs> <laughs> you rubes. Just keep buying <laughs> the tickets. You
0: stupid rubes. If only we could buy Harry Potter. Can you oh. how many movies we'd be
1: putting out? <laughs> Susan, buy Harry Potter. <laughs> you get those Warner Brother assholes on the phone.
0: Okay, Steve. Yeah. You ready? Oh, boy. Let's, let's jump on one of these fucked up pterodactyls. <laughs> Fly around in, around our, our our floaty rock mountain. <sighs> Let's get all upset when someone knocks over our tree. (laughs) And let's run into the poisonous atmosphere environment that is Avatar. Uh, Steve?
1: Yes. Take it away. Well, we open with an aerial shot of what looks like a rainforest on Earth. Yeah. Because I think that's what it is. But is actually... Uh, on the planet Pandora, I guess.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't think that's the actual name of the planet, is it?
1: I think that's what they call it. I don't know what the natives yeah. call it. And nobody yeah. asked.
0: Nobody so asked the ask Navi you, what they call it. Let me ask you this question. Doesn't it seem like a screenwriter named that? That's it, a weird thing to have happen, is the screenwriter would go like, what are we going to call this planet now that we've discovered it? And it's like a lush jungle environment, and it's filled with native peoples. Um, I, I know. Let's let's call it Pandora, right? Right, Steve. Sure. That's not a screenwriter writing it because he wants because he wants to show everybody how smart he is. Who I I know smart about he myths thinks he is.
1: Yeah. I know all about myths, and I'm going to call it Pandora, <laughs> and you're not going to question it. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Hey, guess what else we get?
1: What, what else? Oh, we get, uh, for the first of many times, I believe, don't we get ourselves a voiceover?
0: That's right. Yeah. When the writer doesn't trust that the audience is smart enough to pick up things, he picks them up for you in the form of narration.
1: <laughs> and you know what's really sad is that in this case, the writer and the director are the same person. That's right. It's like he knew as the dir- he didn't have faith in himself as a director. He was like, I better spell as, some of this shit out. As
0: <laughs> pissed off as I get about George Lucas, at least there was no fucking narration in any of the prequels, right, Steve?
1: That's true. That's true.
0: He thought we were dumb, but he didn't think we were that dumb.
1: <laughs> They'll be able to follow it without a voiceover.
0: Not only do we get exposition up the butt in this movie, but we get a narrator telling us, narr- explaining all the rest of the stuff, like what he's feeling and crap like that, <laughs> because we're idiots.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, the guy doing the voiceover is our hero, Jake Sully. But he, he's our hero? He's our, well, in the, ter- in, in, in the sense that he is a protagonist. Oh, I see. Not that Got he's it. like a heroic person, but he's the hero... Functionally, he's the hero of the story.
0: Okay, I understand.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not paying him a compliment. Don't worry.
0: Okay, I wasn't
1: worried about it. <laughs> and he's and he's, uh, he's a Marine who is paralyzed, and so he's an ex-Marine. He's uh, there are no ex-Marines.
0: Okay, so he's a non-active Marine. He's a
1: former Marine.
0: He's a f- okay fine.
1: <laughs> he's a space Marine. Oh, we shouldn't say that. No, that's a that, different. That, franchise. that makes us think of a different franchise.
0: A better one. A better. Well, one. <laughs> the first two don't uh, remind.
1: There's...
0: Don't Drops remind. <laughs> it's actually just one movie. It's anyway. a pretty good
1: movie, though. Don't don't remind people of better movies in the middle of your movie. And oh, also, the
0: Verhoeven uh, film had Space Marines in it, and that was pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. They were they did call them Space Marines, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so he's a he's a he's an Earth Marine, but now he's in space. Right. Because he's working for this private company. When is... he wakes
0: up from his nappy time. Yeah. Doctors are waking him up. And he's like, wakey, wakey, you're going to be sleepy. Because he's been in suspended animation for how long, Steve? I
1: think they said six years. Yeah, six
0: yeah. six years. So he's been traveling for six years all a all sleepy time. Yeah. And um, they wake him up. And uh, we immediately go into a flashback. Yay!
1: <laughs> and it's such an exciting flashback too where we get to see him being recruited onto the mission that he's on.
0: At his brother's funeral. Yeah. In which the totally not evil corporate guys are like, "Hey, we've invested a lot and your your scientist brother was training for this thing, but since you're twins, your guys you guys match genetically, which is not true." Identical yeah. twins are not identical. They're not identical so
1: genetically, yeah.
0: Strike one for the science. Oh, this is so fusty.
1: <laughs> Whoops. <laughs>
0: but then they burn up his, his brother's coffin. And yeah. they're like, well, there'll be money in it for you and stuff.
1: We can get your legs like, fixed.
0: No, we don't get to know that because he wants it to be a big shocking reveal.
1: Oh, that's right. The, yeah, we don't actually see him in in the wheelchair until he's getting off the uh, the shuttle. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. So then the shuttle comes down and we're just, uh, and then it finally lands and it lands on this planet and everybody's getting off and he breaks out a wheelchair. Right, Steve?
1: <gasps> he can't walk.
0: He can't walk because he mentioned that he got shot in the spine. And I guess that's what happens. Right, Steve?
1: Yeah. Hey, Steve, can I ask a question? Yeah, what, man?
0: We have interstellar travel. Yeah. We have years-long hibernation sleep. We do. We have mechs walking around.
1: We we sure do, a ton of them. We have these
0: huge battle mechs walking around, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And he comes wheeling out in his regular old wheelchair he's like <laughs> Week, keek, keek,
1: keek. Week, i know right we we can't get him some professor x shit i mean
0: no we can't come no, on. apparently technology and wheelchairs stop there are more advanced wheelchairs at the time oh, that this is being made say, with what he's wheeling out of.
1: it looks it looks worse than an actual wheelchair like that, now, that a person would like actually athletic,
0: have he has like an athletic like uh, an athlete's wheelchair Which is fine, but this is the future, yeah, isn't it?
1: Well, and it's yeah. It's like he's not he's not gonna play like basketball, like that's he's he's in it all the time.
0: What he tells us is, it's too expensive to fix his legs, right? Right. And and that's yeah. Only rich people can fix his legs, and only rich people can get the super cool, uh, you know, robotic legs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever he's gonna get, yeah. The other not Marines, because these are hired ex-military dudes, are getting off the thing. and Which is weird, because they're treating them like they're military dudes, right? Yeah. They have, like, drill sergeants and stuff like that. But they're totally not the military.
1: Right. They're working for the private company. You know?
0: Even though they wear uniforms and have ranks, Yes, they're totally private. And, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money to be on this planet called Pandora. And he goes in. And that's where we meet racist military man. Ah, yes. And he's racist. He and is. And he's a military man. <laughs> and to highlight this script, do you remember what the first words out of his mouth are? Oh, I bet it can't possibly be a movie cliche.
1: Oh, I can't remember. What, are, what, are, what is his first says,
0: one? He you're not in Kansas anymore. That's right. And I almost, almost... Put the gun to my head. Almost, but not quite. I those, was like, no, no, no. You don't get this from me, Avatar.
1: Those were almost your 3D glasses being thrown at the screen.
0: <laughs> Goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> or jammed into my neck. Yeah. Um, and
1: the pain. <laughs> Somebody anyway, gives in the a, pain. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he gives a little monologue about how dangerous Pandora is and how the filthy savages are here and they can kill you and they're 900 feet tall and... It's everything's bad and and and, and he's like, but now we have to go meet the we have to go meet the the scientist people, right? And there's no name guy, another no name guy, and a couple of more no name scientist people, and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and she she's like she's all tough.
1: She's a scientist with attitude.
0: She's a yeah she's guy she likes smoking cigarettes. Yeah and um and she, she doesn't she doesn't
1: like Jake because she wanted his brother
0: yeah and then we find out that the narration was actually him vlogging
1: yeah they, because he even though he's not a scientist and has and has no interest in the science really at all he's required to keep a daily video log
0: also this thing vlogging is like a new thing because he doesn't know what what he's what it is, and they call it video logging. Yeah, which I found was so great that this movie is dated this
1: quickly. Yeah, I know. Like, he's just talking to a camera about what happened to him today. It's what like is a he doing? Total
0: mystery to him. He's like, "What? Why? Did I just talking to it? Yeah, you just talk to it." They literally call it video logging, and we within three minutes of vlogging, we called it vlogging. I know.
1: Somebody that the first vlogger figured that out. <laughs> gonna call it a vlog. It's easier, right?
0: Anyway, so she comes out and she meets Jake, and Jake's like, "Hi, I'm I'm a Marine, and I'm taking over my brother." So, well, here's what happened: his brother was a scientist, and he was going to be the guy who who puts his brain stuff in inside of the avatars. And avatars are these genetically replicated half-breeds.
1: Yeah, they they the they mentioned there's alien, human DNA and yeah, Navi DNA, yeah. but they look like because Navi.
0: Yeah, because his rig has five fingers and the Navi only have four fingers. Right. So he's it's he's not totally Navi. He's it's like a hybrid. Anyway, but then he died. How did he die? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And he's so- dead. He's just dead. But they don't want to lose all the money they spent on making this body, so they're going to get him to do it. And he's not a scientist. He's a military guy. And and Grace is all like, oh, no, you didn't. And then she goes and she talks to corporate man. And how do we know he's a corporate man, Steve? How are we introduced to his character?
1: (laughs) Because he's playing golf in the office. He's got a little cup, but he's putting golf balls into it.
0: Yeah, and she's like, I don't want the military guy. And he's like, here, come take a look at this thing. I know that we allude that we've been here for decades, but I have to show you this thing like you've never seen it and don't know what it is. And he's like, this is Obtainium, and we need it for some reason, and we need lots of it, and this is why we're mining all this stuff. And he puts it down on his little floaty desktop, and and we're like, oh, so that's why this scene is here.
1: So now we have the barest Uh justification for what this is all about.
0: Yeah. And so then they take them into these big tanks where there's the great big uh, Navi bodies, right? Yeah. And they're kind of like twitching around like little babies, like little babies in a womb, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I have a question, Steve. Yeah, what? So they grew it on the way up. So it took six years for it to grow into this huge thing, right? Right, that's the idea. And, it, and it's twitching around. And they grew it with a brain in it, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And, it, it, and it's full-sized.
1: Yeah, it's an adult.
0: Isn't that a living sentient thing in there?
1: You would think it would be.
0: So what happens when Jake gets in there? Do they just push him out and say, get the fuck out? I I guess. Your life doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Or are they figured out some way to keep the brain, like, blank? There's just, like, a blank hard drive up there somehow? it's like a blank, I guess. That would have
0: been some nice exposition because it raised a lot of red flags with me. It's like, are you killing this thing that's in here?
1: It does. It reminds you a lot of how, like how poorly thought out uh, clones used to be in like popular uh-huh. sci-fi, where it's like, wait a minute. It's like a person though. <laughs> like yeah. it's grown from. It's other- not like
0: a robot. Yeah. You can't just destroy it. Riker. It's, it is actually yeah. like a living thing at you, this point.
1: You You just murdered somebody <laughs> that was a person just because it looks just like you doesn't mean it's not a person
0: just because you're icked out and by the way there's no way you're getting around this because we're making a duplicate of you in about four more years and oh he breaks bad he breaks bad Riker he breaks no bad he fucks your girlfriend I'm gonna tell you this right now he gets to Deanna before you do they
1: should have they should have had a scene in that episode where Riker he immediately tries to kill the other Riker and like Data has to grab his arm like whoa wait what are you doing (laughs) he's not a clone he's a clone You kill clones what oh
0: guys you know no, it's bad when we break off into Star Trek talk.
1: <laughs> and so specific too. Like we're not just we're not just riffing generically on Star Trek. We went right to a particular episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay anyway, and
0: anyway they're uh, they're jumping he they then put him into the body. They put him into the Navi body. And it's called avatars because they call the bodies avatars, right? Right,
1: and and the way the way it works is what, when when the human is in the avatar, like their human body is asleep,
0: yeah, and vice and versa. Super yeah. Wi-Fi, they yeah. can project their thoughts and and do it by remote control.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Yeah, it's super remote control. And so he gets in and he really likes his body a lot because he's got his legs back. And he doesn't listen to any of the scientists. And he runs outside and he's running around. And um, and uh, she throws a... Uh, I, uh, Grace is in her avatar because she has an avatar body too. And she's like, oh, I see you're good. And she throws him like this thing and... Um, to test his reflexes and then he just picks, puts it in his mouth and eats it and she doesn't <laughs> scream and say, no, don't.
1: No, well, <laughs> well, I That's not say to When they're it. not ripe, they're poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> I was just testing your reflexes. Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, yeah. And by the way, unless we haven't mentioned it yet, humans can't survive on the planet without an oxygen supply because right. their the atmosphere is poisonous. Yeah. They'll die in like four minutes, right? Right, exactly. Why?
1: Because for the plot, why? <laughs> because maybe somebody pointed out to James Cameron that he didn't have enough reasons why they would spend billions of dollars growing alien bodies <laughs> to, like, <laughs> fucking quantum leap their consciousnesses into. You're like, hey, oh, hey, what if hey, they Steve. can't live on the planet? What if they need? Hey, okay.
0: Hey, Steve, are the humans having a hard time walking around in that environment with, with the, the poison air?
1: They don't seem to Is be. Is it, like,
0: super difficult for them to move around?
1: Doesn't seem to be, no.
0: No, not at all. All they have are the little oxygen masks that they yeah. can put over their faces, and right? It's, it's
1: just that easy.
0: And apparently this toxic gas doesn't cling to everything on you, your clothes, your skin, anything like that. You're, you're perfect. You don't no. immediately start outgassing as soon as you get back into an oxygen environment, start killing people around you, right, <laughs> right Steve? No, you that don't. Doesn't, that doesn't happen. Nope. Everything's fine.
1: Yep. <laughs> you don't need, like, any kind of suit. No, you just nope. put, put the little mask on your face and you're good to go.
0: Steve, I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, good. <sighs> sorry, I thought my dog got away. Oh, no. No, no, she did. Uh, my, my my son grabbed her. Oh, good. What were you saying? I'm sorry.
1: I can't remember. Oh, we're talking about... <laughs> no, they they don't need, like... You, they go outside and they don't need, like, a spacesuit or anything. All they need is a little no. mask. Yeah.
0: A little Mask. They don't have to worry about being poisoned by the atmosphere, although the atmosphere is super, super poisonous. I don't even remember if they explained why, what about the atmosphere is poisonous.
1: It's just different air.
0: Okay, that's than
1: cool. Than the kind of air we like.
0: Right. So that's why they need to have the Avatar bodies, right?
1: I think it would be funny if it was just, well, there's just a slight odor. Yeah. And we just don't um, like it.
0: Yeah. Like lavender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they also say that the reason that they're doing this whole thing with the avatar bodies is because Sigourney Weaver is supposed to be negotiating with Navi so that they can mine more of their planet away,
1: right? Right, because apparently this this particular village of of Navi just so happens to be living on top of this massive deposit of unobtainium, the the ore that right. they're after. So well, they, we find
0: yeah. yeah. They said they're they're they live in a big tree. Yeah. That they call home tree, and it's sitting on top of a whole bunch of unobtainium, and um, that's like super. They want it bad, and they want to talk them out of move. They want them to move out of that tree, right?
1: Yeah. But they don't okay. want to move out of that tree.
0: No, but they don't want it. So now they're making up these avatar bodies so that she can go negotiate. Hey, Steve. Yeah. At what point does uh, Grace seem to be interested in that plan?
1: Uh she doesn't really seem to talk about it at all.
0: She doesn't ever do anything no. about that, right?
1: No, she just talks about like taking samples of stuff.
0: Yeah, she likes plants. Yeah. She likes plants. So and she's been doing this for at least I think two decades or something, right? It's yeah. Because they had like set up schools yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then she just said, Fuck it, I'm not I'm just using your money so that I can collect plants and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh-huh, that's great. Okay, anyway, so they go... So when they make the Avatar body go to sleep, they wake up in their own bodies. Right, Right. yeah. And they're like, okay, so that, that we covered that. And then um, racist military man comes up and he says, hey, you're really a Marine, and I'll tell you what, you go and you give me intel on the Na'vi, which I totally won't use for genocide. And what I'll do <laughs> is when you're done, you'll get your legs back. Right, Steve. That's the deal. We'll get your yeah. back.
1: And he's like, "Okay, sure."
0: And he's like, "Hoorah, sir!" And he's like, "We're not military. We're not." He's like, "Okay, okay, whatever. Uh, yes, up, up with the corporation or whatever.
1: <laughs> whatever we say." <laughs>
0: And now the science expedition goes out on a science expedition. They get in their little avatar bodies and they land land. They go out into the jungle and then a whole bunch of scary monsters attack them one after another and then Jake gets separated from the rest of the group.
1: And it's all Jake's fault because he's yeah. the worst soldier ever and he leaves his post like immediately and just wanders into the forest and starts poking random plants. No,
0: it's not his fault. The monsters come and they, the like the big, the big shark-headed, you know, but he's... totally not rhinoceroses come <laughs> and they're like, they they run at him and he's like ha 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 and then like the panther one comes up yeah. and he starts chasing him and he runs off a cliff. He he didn't do it on purpose. He yeah, got lost.
1: He started poking all those plants. He should have stood by and helped. and yeah. st- stuck around Sigourney Weaver and the other guy.
0: Yeah, but now he's lost in the jungle and yeah. they have to leave cuz they can't stay there at night cuz it gets super dangerous. Yeah. And and he goes and Jake goes all Rambo and he makes a spear and then he makes a a torch and and then a whole bunch of these little things attack him cuz we haven't had enough things attacking him yet. <laughs> and then we then we see a blue cat lady. Yeah and she's going to she's going to shoot him with an arrow but then a jellyfish lands on her arrow and she says I'm not going to do it right Steve Yeah
1: exactly she's like well if the jellyfish doesn't want me to
0: Yeah and so then the hot alien blue cat lady comes down and and she's like hey Pupressant Boys, I know you're going to be looking really hard, but they made sure that you can't see my nip-nips, even though I'm not really wearing a top. (laughs) So I know that's what you're doing. It's okay. Watch me. I'm going to save Jake. And she saves Jake. And she's like, I don't like you. Right? Yeah. And go away! I don't. You're stinky, and I hate you. And I know English because we mentioned that there was a school once. (laughs) And and he's like, "Well, wait." And she's like, "No." And then more jellyfish come down, and they land on top of Jake after he punches a couple of them. Yeah. And she's like, "Don't do that." And he 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 punches them
1: again. She's like, "Seriously, stop it."
0: (laughs) And then she says, "These are seeds from the what tree?
1: Uh, The 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 soul tree, right?"
0: The soul tree yeah, everything's yeah. some kind of tree. <laughs> it's all fucking and trees. So, and so that convinces her that she needs to take him to her to her daddy. Yeah. Mommy. And so uh, they go there and then he meets his future best friend who at that time doesn't like him. He's like, He's an outsider, I don't like him and um it turns out that she is the daughter of the chief and like the high priestess.
1: Hmm. Right. It's weird that she turned out to be so important. I know, and she not wasn't just, just a random person. Yeah, not yeah. just some rando. Weird.
0: <laughs> uh, and then uh, the the chief says, "We, you're you're different. We're gonna we're gonna teach you everything about us because that's smart." Um, and then he <laughs> he wakes up and he reports back to the bad military man, and he's like, "Hey." I know all. I'm in. I know the, here's the, here's all the support structures for the tree. I know that we might have to attack the tree, and that, that's totally what I'm all about right now. And he's like, he's so awesome. And then, um, uh, their house. It, yeah, that's when we find out their house is on top on top of a bunch of the anoptanium. Yeah. And oh yeah, and then also. Bad military man says he has three months to get all the stuff, get all the intel, and then you'll go home and you'll have legs. And he's like, Yay, I'll do it. And then Jake rides a horse
1: a a special Pandora horse where you. Uh, It has a a USB horse, horse, a USB horse, a USB USB port in one of its tendrils that you plug your.
0: Apparently, every animal has these little tendril things and you can hook, you can jack yourself into them and then you can tell them what to do, right, Steve? Isn't
1: that convenient?
0: Yeah, that's so that's so weird that they would have a thing like what we're doing with the avatar things, huh? That's weird. That's huh, Steve? so
1: weird that they would have that. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> anyway, then he reports back again, and then we go to the floating mountains, right, Steve? Yeah, this is
1: this is where they 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 relocate their sort of base of operations because uh Grace, the the doctor, the head scientist Lady is like, I don't like these ex-military guys breathing down my neck, so we're gonna go to our our secret—not secret, but our our remote lab in the floating mountains where we can do our avatar yeah. shit there without them constantly looking over our shoulders. So
0: yeah, because magnetics or something. Sure, and it messes up all their equipment, right? Yeah, they have to fly by fly by sight, and that's where we mean. That's where we meet Michelle Rodriguez. So I don't think I even mentioned in the in the. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's in, in the, the movie too. <laughs>
0: she's in the movie too, kinda, and she's totally not playing a different version of a similar character that we saw in Aliens. Not at and all. And she she flies around in her hello whatever the fuck it is, helicopter. <laughs> yes, something. Ho- yeah, a
1: hovercopter, whatever. Yeah,
0: hover drone copter, <laughs> and so they go up into the mountains. And then, and then um, we get to watch Girlfriend Alien ride a, a giant bird pterodactyl. And then Jake narrates a montage about him learning stuff and stuff, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, he's learning their language, he's learning all this yeah. shit that, like, warriors and hunters are supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then Jake gets a, a pterodactyl bird of his very own, he Aww. jumps on it, and he punches it, and he... He puts it in a headlock and then, then he then he forces his brain into it's not it's not like rape at all. And no. then and then he flies that bird around. It's so great. And they're
1: bonded for life.
0: And then they get attacked by a bigger bird, a real important big bird, right, Steve? Yeah, and
1: it's you can tell it's important because it's a different color from the other birds.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah. And she tells him the chosen one. I'm sorry, the, the one who will bring balance to the force. No, no I'm sorry. The one that will defeat Voldemort. Uh, uh-uh.
1: No. Not <laughs> any of only those. Is,
0: only five times has that bird ever been tamed by somebody, and when they do, it's super important. And the last guy who did it was the one united all the tribes. It's, yeah. Yeah. And Jake's like, I bet I'll never do that.
1: That's a prophecy that certainly will not be fulfilled.
0: <clears throat> so... Jake, um, he well, he comes back and he's and bad military man's like you did it. You gave us all the intel. Yay, you're so good. You get to go home and you get your legs back. And he's like, yeah, but they're gonna, I'm going to go through a ceremony and then I'll become a man and I'll be one of them and they'll trust me and then I can get them to leave. And uh, bad military man is like, I'm not giving you a, like a an evil look of foreboding or anything. Yeah, you go back and do that, Jake. You, you will go back and do that. Totally not suspicious.
1: Good luck to you, son.
0: (laughs) And Jake comes back, and him and his girlfriend alien fuck or something.
1: Yeah, they mate.
0: (laughs) They go to these glowy memory trees, and then they fuck each other. Yeah. And then the next morning, Jake set the alarm on the giant bulldozers, because that's what wakes them up. Right, Steve?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: And they're like, don't knock over our Christmas trees. And he's like, yeah. And he jumps up there and he knocks out the camera. And bad military man's like, I knew it. I knew he was going native. (laughs) And then they wake him up while he's there. And his body goes all limp and it freaks out his alien girlfriend. And he gets caught, right? Yeah. And they're like locking him up. And um, bad man is gonna attack home tree.
1: Yeah, because he's like, Look, we're not gonna negotiate. And actually, he played. Is this an, this this is where he plays the one of Jake's uh, vlogs where Jake is like, these people aren't gonna negotiate. They're never gonna leave yeah. home so tree.
0: Should have told Jake the internet is forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I thought I had that one unlisted.
0: Yeah, Jake's like on his vlog saying they're never going to negotiate. They don't have, we don't have anything they want. Right. I like them more than us. I can't wait to fuck my alien girlfriend. Did I mention she's kind of like a princess?
1: (laughs) I'm going to be a maid guy.
0: Then he takes out a picture of her and just starts jerking
1: it. He's like,
0: (laughs) "Yeah, I watched the whole thing."
1: Yeah, it gets real good at this point. Yeah.
0: And like Giovanni Brici is like, ha, ha, I'm an evil corporate guy. Go, yeah, take him out, do it.
1: <laughs> he's like, he's one step away from like having hundred dollar bills stuffed in his shirt collar. I mean, he's uh-huh. just. I don't care about the natives. All I want is the money. <laughs> ever since,
0: uh, did you ever see the Muppets the yeah. movie that came out a few years ago? Oh
1: yeah, the newer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The the main villain in that one <laughs> who can't who can't laugh. So he has to say, "Evil laugh
1: <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's the uh, guy. But don't worry, they're not in jail for a real long time because Michelle Rodriguez comes and busts them out of jail, right? Yeah, and they they're shooting and shooting, they're going to get away, and they're going to do something. I don't know what. And then um they get they go they get back into the thing. And I can't remember how this happens. She gets... They attack the home tree and they destroy it. And everyone's running around... Jig had tried to tell her, they're coming. They're going to come and get you. And she's like, we're broken up. How dare you? You always knew this, and you didn't tell us. And he's like, yeah, but I had a change of heart. And I started <laughs> like blue pussy, and I can't help it. And please, <laughs> what about my character We're married arc? now. We're married forever. That's what yeah. you said when, when we linked our USB ports together when we had the sexy times. And I totally love you, and I don't like being a crippled guy. I'd much rather be this <laughs> 12-foot-tall, super strong cat man. <laughs> And she's like, fuck you. And then they attack Home Tree and they blow it up and they yeah. blow it up and they and they destroy it. everything. Everything is bad, right? Yeah. And their and, leader gets killed. Their yeah.
1: Natiri's father gets killed.
0: Right. And um, so no one likes him. And during the jailbreak, Grace gets shot. Yes. And she's like, I bet I'll live to the end. Don't worry about me. And then they <laughs> jump in the avatars. And then Jake goes, "Hey, you know what? These stupid savages never figured out. They never figured out that that great big bird probably never has to look up. So I bet if I go over the great big bird and jump on his back, then I'll get the great big bird." And so he jumps down to the great big bird, and then he, all the Na'vi are at the tome soul, the soul tree, whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know what. It, what is it? It's the,
1: it's the tree of souls. Yeah.
0: The tree of souls. Thanks for mixing that up, James.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right.
0: And they're all like, we're fucked. And then the big bird comes down and they all freak out because the big bird's coming and then it lands and it turns out that Jake has conquered the big bird and has become the white savior. He
1: did the thing that nobody else could do.
0: And when he gets off the bird, everyone's bowing and all this shit. And he's like, hey, um, you guys are too stupid to know this. Why don't you get all your guys together and we'll fight them?
1: And they're like,
0: okay, maybe. And he's like, also my friend. My friend's dying.
1: Could you help, maybe?
0: (laughs) So then we get to see naked Sigourney Weaver being... You don't see anything, guys. But you see naked Sigourney Weaver being carried by a giant blue cat man who's put underneath a big, gigantic, glowing Christmas tree. To transfer her soul from her regular body into her avatar body, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, that's the idea, but it doesn't work out. <laughs> it
0: doesn't work.
1: <laughs> she's too badly injured, and she has this like near-death experience where she's like at one with the soul tree, and she's like, "It's real. <sighs> I'm dead." So, right. Yeah.
0: Because what she discovered is that everything on the planet... Everything on the planet is literally connected with one another, right, Steve? Yes, all the trees are connected, making it like one gigantic big brain that when when they down when they die, they can download themselves into the giant brain and they're they're, they're preserved as memories and shit, right? Right, That's, Steve?
1: That seems to be the case, yes.
0: That's right. And apparently all these animals, all of them, no matter how different they look, they all have their little USB ports, too. Yeah. And that means everything is interconnected, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, so checkmate, atheist. Yeah.
0: The sickest of the animals on that planet when it's killing another animal will USB port into them so that it can feel what it's like to be killed by itself. <laughs> Exactly. The the entire planet is filled with
1: psychotics. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a head rush.
0: I wonder what this leaf feels like while I eat it. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, Oh, yeah. The inside of my mouth is so painful. (laughs) Anyway, Jake, everyone's now worshiping Jake, kind of, and he's using help with his new best friend, the guy who didn't like him before, who's now his brother. He's like, hey, everybody. Let's call everybody and let's go to war, right?
1: Yeah, or let's unite the clans that yeah, haven't well, been mentioned,
0: which were already <laughs> united. They said they were united, but no, we're going to get everybody else. In. And like, I, yeah, well, let's do it. And they start making sounds that sound awful lot like what are we traditionally would identify as Native American war cries.
1: Yeah, but it's not that at all, though. So no, it could possibly don't, be. Don't even think about that.
0: I know. No. Yes, yeah, so Anyway, we never really described the Navi. I don't think we need to, right? They're big, the tall, yeah.
1: big blue, yeah, blue. skinny.
0: They got stripes. Yeah, they're really super skinny. Yeah. Um. They got cat ears and little cat noses. Yeah. And and they have little glowy dots on their face. And and they were meticulously done so that when we get to the part where they fuck, we're not icked out by. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. He made them with gigantic eyes. They're like big blue anime creatures came to life and they start fucking each other. Yeah, exactly. that's what we wanted to see. That's
1: right. Well, I mean, that's definitely what Jim Cameron wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to fuck. Oh, you sure about that, Jim? You want? Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to fuck. <laughs> I'm not even making the goddamn... You tell me they can't fuck and this is over.
0: Nah. <laughs> Jim, we're having some... We're having... We're really worried about this not making money. Why? well
1: (laughs) the whole third act is just navi fucking like you need to trim that you have maybe like one scene where they kind of fuck
0: yeah all right fine we want kids to be able to see this jim
1: (laughs) he's like crosses his arms like kids
0: (laughs) i don't make films for kids yeah um Military Batman sees that all these people are showing. He's like, "There's two thousand of them. They're, they're, we need to get ready to fight." I know what we'll do. We're gonna drop a bomb on the giant Christmas tree, and we're like, "Oh, oh!" But that'll kill them all because they're all connected. It's all the memories. It'll destroy them. And, and we're like, "Oh no!" <sighs> <laughs> and and so now it's war. It's it's war. And before the war starts, Jake talks to a magic to the magic Christmas tree, and he's like, "Hey, maybe you can help us out." And and his girlfriend's like that. That doesn't work. She she doesn't take sides. This, you you just I, you, you no. We've tried before and it's never worked. No <laughs> one's ever been able to do it. He keeps saying, "Send me a white savior and maybe I'll listen." Or and, and that's not you because you're a giant blue cat man. Anyway, come on, let's go. So now it's fighting. And fighting,
1: <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of fighting in yes. the air.
0: In the air, because all of them are on their little pterodactyl birds, and they're attacking there. And for a really long time, they attack the, the helicopter rover things, and they don't shoot at them. They just, <laughs> just yeah, grab them and start blowing them up. And then he says, "Turn and fire," and, and so then there's fighting, and then his best friend gets shot off a airplane. Yeah, and um. And Michelle Rodriguez says, "I only had five lines," and then her thing is destroyed because she took their she took the side of the Navi for some reason. Yeah. She, I guess she likes him. She said, <laughs> "I didn't sign up for this because that's that's like line number five hundred and thirty six. That is so fucking hackneyed and tired right. that we had to have it in this <laughs> well, one."
1: And and also, yes, you did. <laughs> like, this is literally what you signed what did you think you were doing here uh huh <laughs> like this is literally you, you, what you, you signed you up you for you fly a gunship yeah it's called
0: a gunship
1: <laughs> like did that that didn't click for you when you signed when, when, when Wait, they exactly recruited on? you
0: <laughs> it's not like your character her character had no interaction with the Navi. no right none she was just like i'm on your side now it's like oh okay
1: <laughs> oh, cool
0: <laughs> thanks cool pilot lady Oh, there she's she's blown up. Oh, she she's dead. Up. She
1: she's she yeah. contributed nothing in the long run.
0: <laughs> and then Jake damages military bad man's thing, and oh, down on the ground they try to do a charge against the soldier guys and their mech suits, and then they get blown away, and everybody oh no, everybody and Jake fell off his bird, and and he's and now he crashed into the. Uh, Forest and, and and what's her face girlfriend is is down there too and oh everything's bad but then what happens Steve?
1: The big uh, hammerhead rhino animals charge. Yeah, all yeah. the animals charge. Yeah.
0: everybody, all the animals everywhere, and she's like, <sighs> she's like, our our God heard him. <laughs> she's it's fighting too. So now the whole planet is fighting them, and they all get they get dead, right? Yeah. But Military Batman, before his his gigantic helicopter explodes, he gets in his mech suit. Yeah. He jumps down. He jumps down onto the ground. And I would like to point out that I don't give a fuck if he was in a mech suit. If he dropped down 400 <laughs> feet and landed, yes. he's Dead.
1: He had to stop.
0: It, at the very least, his spine compressed to the point that it blew out that, of his front.
1: Those, those mech suits have some great shocks, don't they? I, I mean, so, it just absorb the impact of dropping out of a fucking airplane onto the ground.
0: But military bad man is all like, "Ooh, no, you didn't." And he's like going, to, "He's gonna go where he thinks that Jake is, right? Where the other real Jake, human right. Jake is." Yeah, and he's gonna
1: kill his human body. Yeah,
0: that's right, and. And he's like shooting his gun, and his, he loses his gun, and then he takes out a comically large knife. Yes, a big robot with a big knife, and he's like fighting Jake, and then he's fighting the girlfriend, and then he kills he kills a panther, and then he rips open where Jake is, and uh, the gas is leaking into Jake's Jake's uh, remote control coffin. Yeah, and then what happens? He
1: he does something that well, no, uh. Uh, Natiri kills him, right? He's
0: about to get his neck cut. And That's right. Natiri shoots him with a couple of arrows, and then he falls over dead. Yeah, but Jake is trying to get out of his coffin because he's choking, and then he doesn't make it to his oxygen thing, and then it takes it takes Natiri a really long time to figure out what's going on, and then she runs in there and she cradles him like a little baby. And puts a mask on him, and he's like, I'm alive! And you're like, yay! And and then they say a thing in this movie where they say, I see you, and I see you, which means that they see all of you, your soul and everything.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, that's like their Instead of yeah.
0: saying, I love you, they say, I see you. Aww. See? And it's special.
1: It's special this time, because it's the first time that she's seen the real him.
0: And she's not grossed out.
1: No. She doesn't view him as a weird little animal
0: a weird weird little pale baby.
1: Yeah. Like, I had sex with this. <laughs>
0: <sighs> and then Jake goes full native.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, first we well, get the first, shot, we get we 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 get the we we learn through voiceover and a couple of shots that the humans basically just give up and leave.
0: Well, they don't give up and leave. They're forced to leave. They've
1: been they've been conquered. Yeah. And they're like, they have to okay. go back
0: to their dying world. There We're are out. a couple of references in this movie that Earth is a hellhole and that they destroyed their environment. Yeah. You know what would have cemented that? What? Seeing Earth Aww. as a hellhole with a destroyed environment.
1: Just take our word for it.
0: Uh huh. But there would be a little problem with that. Do you know what that problem is, what, Steve? What
1: what what problem?
0: The little problem with that is is like we have interstellar travel <laughs> and we've found other planets with life on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't be doing too.
0: We can't mention it yeah. too much because the smarter ones, and I see you, thinky, the smarter ones will start figuring out how full of shit this script is.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: Anyway, they're leaving, including Giovanni Rubisi who should have been killed but didn't get
1: killed. Yeah, it's like okay. I guess they. I guess the none of the Navi would have put an arrow through his head.
0: Yeah, right. and then so then he's like, I'm going full native, and they're going to permanently take his consciousness out of his regular body and put him into his Na'vi body, right? Right, they're going to, so yeah. They're, they're under the giant Christmas tree, and everybody's chanting and waving their arms and doing a bunch of native stuff, and we pan into his Na'vi face, and he opens the eye, his eyes at the end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the end.
0: And then we get... <clears throat> A mid 90s pop song for the credits. Yeah. Because no one slipped James Cameron the note that said, I know that in the mid 90s you had a pop song at the end of Titanic that was real popular, but it's 2009, Jim, and we don't (laughs) do that shit anymore.
1: I'm James Cameron, and I want a cheesy pop song over the credits. He went
0: up and he said, I want a pop song that's almost exactly like the one from Titanic, but it sounds a little bit different. And he's like, "Okay, do no, okie dokie, boss.
1: The guy probably, the, the fucking uh, studio producer probably had like 20 songs already to go.
0: Yeah. How about this likely. one? Not enough like Titanic. Jim <laughs> Turner wrote the music for the song, for the pop song, too.
1: So it's exactly like Titanic. That's what's on his tombstone. (laughs) Yes, I wrote that. (laughs) I did a lot of really excellent work, okay?
0: So, Steve. Yeah. How do you feel about this spectacular science fiction classic (laughs) that no one seems to talk about
1: or really care
0: about anymore? Avatar, <laughs> you know,
1: um, so I, I, I do want to preface this, and we already talked about this before we started recording, but um, I did not see this movie when it came out in theaters. I was, I think it was me and like one guy from Ohio who just didn't actually go to see it. Um, <laughs> so I never saw it in theaters. Oh, I
0: wish I could trade places with a guy. In Ohio. I know
1: he's probably living such a good life right now. You know, Um, when
0: he says that out loud, I never saw Avatar. People just hug him and kiss him. They're like, oh, thank God there's hope. Somebody made
1: it. Somebody made it through. (laughs) Um, So I didn't see it. Uh, in 3D I didn't you know the the big thing with this movie when it was released was it was the movie that was it was shot in 3D with a bringing uh, 3D back yeah it was shot with this brand new stereoscopic process and it was meant to be seen on the big screen in 3D and that was one of the reasons why it was in development for so long because they had to wait for technology to catch up and they had to you know all this shit had to happen so I didn't see it like that so it's possible that had I seen the film as it was intended to be scene, it's possible my opinion would be different. It's possible mm-hmm. I would have been so dazzled by the technical accomplishment that I'd be less preoccupied by the film's many shortcomings. Yeah. Um, but that's not how I saw it. I just watched it on my TV. And I am preoccupied by those shortcomings. I also want to say, <laughs> and I think this we, we, we may part company slightly here, I don't think this is a bad film. Yeah, we're parting company. Um, in fact, I actually, oh Steve, I, I wound up permanently <laughs> parting <and> company. <laughs> Thank you for listening to late seating, the final episode. Um, I liked it a lot more <laughs> than I thought I would. Okay. Uh, even even viewed on my two D TV, I thought visually it was really really well done the cgi is great the production i like the production design i like the character designs uh the cast is solid i mean i've never had any complaints about seeing sigourney weaver in a movie stephen lang is a wonderful actor when he gets a nice hammy part that he can bite into and he definitely gets one here uh, sam worthington as we've already discussed is fine you know like he's just sort of okay um and honestly with the part as written i'm not sure another actor could have done that much more with it it's 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 kind of a nothing part the jake role so you know that's all fine the biggest problems i had with the movie lie in the writing um james cameron has this thing where ever since titanic came out and became this huge hit he's been spoken of as a visionary director and and i think that is an overstatement of his talents um he's a great director he's a really solid action sci-fi director and he has made some really really awesome movies he's not Stanley Kubrick. He's not Ridley Scott. He's not Steven Spielberg. He's not any number of people who might be fairly described as visionary directors, but he's really good. And, and he's actually, sometimes he's, he's a smarter writer than he is sometimes given credit for. And in Avatar, for all the problems with the writing that it has, that I'll go into, and I'm sure you'll cover as well. Um, he does try this very clever trick, that he almost pulls off and I can't give him credit for it because he doesn't pull it off for me, but I appreciate the attempt and I appreciate that he saw the need to make the attempt with this story. The ending of the movie is a fairy tale. The Navi come together and they drive the humans off their planet. The natives win and the colonizers. How many times did that happen on earth? Well, exactly. That's the thing. Like that's not how this story ends in real life. No. we might wish that it did, but that's not how this story ends. But to distract us from that wishful thinking that is, you know, at the end of this movie to make us forget that this movie has a happy ending when it should have a tragic ending. Uh, Cameron centers the conclusion not on the Navi victory that's sort of dispensed with very quickly, but he centers the ending on Jake being becoming like a permanent na'vi getting invested in his yeah. avatar body for good. And that's a smart move to make the ending he got about got
0: that jungle fever. Exactly. exactly.
1: He went native permanently. Uh and that but that's a smart move to try and make the ending about Jake instead of about the na'vi victory and driving the humans away. Um but I caught him doing it so I can't say he pulled it off, but I appreciate that he saw that he had to do something like that because otherwise the ending is complete bullshit. Like there's no way that, you know, the the, the humans have been here for decades, they really want this. Here's the thing, Steve. You know,
0: here's the thing about that. Can I just say Yeah, right please. Here? No, go for it. The reason it never successfully happened on Earth in our history is because they never had a white guy to save all of them.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. The white guys were all devoted to killing them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um
0: if the Aztecs had one white guy that they, they worshipped as a god, we'd still have an Aztec empire now.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, there was de los Casas, but how much can one guy do? Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so and so there's and you, you just brought it up and I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this uh, as well. This this movie is a particularly egregious example of, of the white savior trope. Yep. Um, and we've talked about it already through us. so Jake is the outsider who joins up with the Navi. He's not only accepted as one of them, but he excels at everything they do. He becomes the personification of all the things they value in their society. Eventually he does the, he rides the big pterodactyl thing, the Toruk yeah. that we've been told like, nobody's been able to do that since my grandfather's grandfather. And, yeah. you know, he basically becomes Navi Jesus. Yeah. And that's the problem. Um the chosen by the by the wishing
0: tree or whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. And see, and I feel like whenever they tell this story, uh the underlying message I think that we're supposed to take is, hey, it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. We're all the same and you know, you can be accepted into their society and it's all we're all just brothers and sisters and it's, you know, and that that's that's great. But it, it's too bad that this message is almost always delivered in stories like this, where it's the representative of the oppressors who are joining the oppressed. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that a Na'vi joins the humans and teaches the humans a lesson. It's a human right. who joins the Na'vi and then the Na'vi are the ones who learn the lesson. And it's like, exactly. and it's like, oh, that's, that's not how you really would want that to go, is it? Um, and the other thing is the Na'vi in this movie that are, are too perfect. And this goes, Uh and this goes along with the white savior trope a little bit too. The the Na'vi, uh, from what we can see of their culture and their way of life, they don't seem to have any flaws. They live in harmony with the planet. Uh, It's
0: called the fetish, it's a fetishistic view.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Of a native culture.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely what it is, and the reason I object to that is because uh, Cameron says he didn't intend this to be like an anti-colonialism movie. He wanted it. He said he wanted it to be an environmental movie, but you can't ignore. Uh, there's, I mean, you like the, the Navi are Native Americans, and the humans are the Europeans who came over and fucked everything up. Like you can't avoid yeah. that, and that's in the movie.
0: By the way, um, if it was an anti if it was an it was an environmental movie, it would have been them fighting the planet not a group of, indigenous right?
1: People. Exactly. Yeah, there's Yeah, I, I don't know, that doesn't really hold a lot of water for me. But yeah. um, so it has this anti colonialism message. And the problem is when you when you do that, that fetishization of the native population, uh, <coughs> that that then leads us as the audience to think, oh, isn't it horrible that the humans have come to destroy the Na'vi this beautiful, perfect culture. But that right. but that's not why it's wrong. It's not wrong for the humans to destroy the Navi because the Navi have this beautiful, perfect culture. It's wrong because the Navi have a right to exist right like just as the native american peoples who lived on this continent before our european ancestors arrived had a right to exist they weren't perfect they were flawed they made war against each other they had prejudices and ignorance just the same as any other human society and they Mm -hmm. had a right to exist and to keep their societies and to not be destroyed by invaders who wanted their land and their shit like that that's why it's wrong not it had nothing to do with how beautiful their religious beliefs were or how one with the earth their way of life was and and every time you do that where you're like oh isn't it a shame they had such a beautiful culture like yeah in many ways they did but that's not the point it was Uh if if they had the shittiest culture ever it would still have been wrong to show up and kill them all and take their land Um, wouldn't
0: it have been nice if when he got into the big big giant tree they were just stabbing old people in the chest (laughs) and he's like what are you doing he's like we kill our old before they become a burden right
1: this is our this is what we do yeah we don't have a problem with it
0: Right. No, um, in this in their culture like we venerate our old people and keep them alive for as long as possible. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> so that I have a problem with that. Um and it, you know Cameron has said that he wanted it to be an environmental movie. Um and the the thing about it is like I feel like the environmental message in the movie really gets lost and and it feels oddly tacked on like despite it being important to the director because as you just pointed out like uh, the planet is uh, is said to be this living organism but yep. the conflict isn't between planet and humans it's between navi and humans and that, that doesn't read as an environmental allegory that reads eventually as eventually
0: it becomes planet against humans but that's saved at, for yeah, the end of the at movie. the very
1: end yeah so um i'm giving this movie a negative review i'm i'm not i'm not recommending this movie but i didn't hate it like, there's a lot of it that I did admire, I, I think. And, and, and in, in theory, I think it's a very good thing that this movie that was the top-grossing movie of all time for 10 years does have this blatant, absolutely can't miss it, anti-colonialist, pro-environmentalist message, despite yeah. despite how imperfectly those messages are delivered. I'm 100% yeah. behind that, I think that's great. I think technically it's great, I think it's beautiful to look at, but the longer it went on, and it is about 30 or 40 minutes too long, uh, the less I cared about what was happening. And that's always mm-hmm. a bad thing. Uh, and the more predictable it became, the more I felt like I was able to guess what was going to happen. And, and I was right. And, and when it was over, I, I had this peculiar experience of trying to figure out whether I liked it or not. <laughs> and, and when I find myself, uh, sometimes your opinion of a movie is like falling in love. Like if you have to think about it, you're not in love. Yeah. And and if you have to think about whether or not you like a movie, you probably don't like it or at least you don't like it enough. And right. and that's where I sit with Avatar. There's a lot that I did like about it, but I didn't like it enough to recommend it. My turn. Go for it.
0: Yay. So, it's 2009, and Jason went to go see a movie. And he went to go see it on an IMAX screen, and he went to go see it with three in 3D, even though Jason hates 3D, because it gives him a headache. But everyone told him this is a different 3D. This is a totally new process. It's not going to totally hurt your eyes, and you're not going to leave with a migraine. I was like, cool. Also, cool, James Cameron is back doing sci-fi. I hated Titanic. Maybe this will be good. Yay. <laughs> I started watching the movie, and after the fifth time in a half hour that I had guessed what was going to happen, I fell asleep. (laughs) I'm not joking. I fell asleep watching this movie in a theater, and I fell asleep for 45 minutes. Wow. Woke up, caught the end, didn't need anybody to catch me up on what I had missed because I had guessed it (laughs) when I was talking to my wife later. (laughs) I said, Did this happen? And she said yes. And I said, Did this happen? And she said yes. And I said, The big bird thing. Was that like introduced that no one else had done it before that or hadn't done it in a long time? Yes. I was like, Okay, great. <laughs> so for me, there are no surprises. Yeah. Which means it's derivative. It's derivative of other dramas, it's derivative of other sci fi. It's derivative, right? Oh my no god. Surprises.
1: Hugely derivative, yeah.
0: This, this movie was not about necessarily telling any kind of story with any kind of point. It was spectacle over story. It was effects over characters. And it was, again, the white savior trope. All of those things I had seen before. I would have been just as entertained and saved myself a lot more time and money had I just went out and watched a fireworks display. Because <laughs> that's all this was. Here's your fireworks show. Unfortunately, it's almost three hours long. And it's like, oh, okay, great. The script, which I agree with Steve, is the primary problem with this movie, although I do have some other problems with the movie. The script itself is lazy. The dialogue is teeth-grindingly bad. (laughs) You can hear... Some of the actors having problems with what they're saying because it is so hackneyed that they can't believe they're saying it themselves. Their characters are so shallow that you get no real connection with any of them. All of their stuff about who they are is said out loud in dialogue and what they're doing. There's a lot of ex- exp- exposition at the loaded up at the front of this, and they're hoping that we'll understand who these characters are, not by what they do or how they interact with people, but because of what people have said. Before we even meet Sigourney Weaver, the guy who's walking him through there said, oh yeah, and that's Dr. Grace, and she wrote the book on, and I went, oh, there's another, there's another one. There's another <laughs> one we already had, wrote the book on, and, <laughs> and I wonder how many more... Uh, tired phrases we're gonna hear in the, in the script, and we get them they just keep they just keep coming they just keep coming don't they Steve oh
1: my God, from beginning to end, it doesn't stop.
0: I don't give a fuck about how good your 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 special effects are special effects, age, and in the end, all you have is the story. That's all you have. I hate bringing this movie up again, but there's a fucking reason why people still love The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with the special effects, because that movie looks fake as fuck, and no (laughs) one cares. Okay? It's true. So one of the reasons why I think this made so much money was that it was spectacle, and people said, oh, the 3D is so great, and it's all so big, and it's all this stuff, and that stuff, and all this other stuff. And we're still in the age where people waited for it to come out on DVD. And then it came out on DVD, and all the people who rushed out to see it in the movie theaters and watched it in, 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 in 3D sat down in front of their televisions and turned it on and went, oh... And we promptly <laughs> forgot about
1: it. That's a, yeah, that's probably it.
0: The script is so bad that there's not even a memorable scene that we could meme. I doubt if you walked up to anybody, except for the hardcore fans that really just want to live on Pandora because they've got a a little <laughs> screw loose. You couldn't ask someone to name a single line of dialogue. Steve, did you watch the movie today or yesterday?
1: Yesterday. Yesterday.
0: Can you name me a single memorable line of dialogue?
1: (laughs) No, in fact, I had to look one up for my gimmick at the end of the podcast.
0: (laughs) That's right. I was only half joking using things like bad military man and girlfriend because I can barely remember the names of any of the characters from this fucking thing. Yeah. It was just spectacle. And once the spectacle is over, just like a fireworks display, all you have are a bunch of tired people leaving in the dark as smoke- drifts away. It's not, it doesn't leave an impression because despite the fact that he says it has an environmental message despite the fact that maybe there's some anti-colonial messages in there anti-business messages in there in the end it has nothing. It has nothing to impress upon you. You don't really care about any of the characters because half the time they're a fucking cartoon. And that's what I, you know, a year afterwards I was like, it was just a cartoon. And I don't feel, necessarily feel like watching a cartoon because I can't get invested in the cartoon. The special effects kind of hold up, but they're aging. And, they, and you can tell what's CG and what's not CG, and I'm not impressed by it. Yeah. I'm not impressed by the animation. I'm not impressed by any of it. I don't feel involved with anything that's going on in this movie, and that has everything to do with the script. Steve, can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Why is our main protagonist in a wheelchair?
1: I don't know.
0: Exactly! So why is it in the script? (laughs)
1: Because, because, I don't know. uh, Uh Our
0: main character, our main character. How much backstory did we have to write to get this main character into that avatar suit?
1: Oh my god, he had to have a dead twin brother.
0: He had to have a dead twin brother who was a scientist, and now he's dead, and now they need him to get into the suit because he's a genetic match for the Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, also he's in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, also the military dude wants him to get to get uh, stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you remember when I said that when you're writing a main character and you never really want him to be a villain? Right. That's why he's in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> because James Cameron said, well, we need a reason for him to work with the military. So let's take his legs away, and then the promise of new legs will be one of the reasons why he continues to do it. Right, Steve?
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah.
0: So let me ask you this. (laughs) What's a more interesting character? That the guy who has to get into the Avatar suit is one of those military guys that already hates the Na'vi. Because they've been there for years, he's had friends of his killed by them, and then he realizes oh, there's more to these people than I thought. Yeah, And then he changes sides.
1: Well, and, and you know the shitty part of it is they they set that up in the movie that they already made because they the excuse that they made for Jake going along, even though he hadn't gone through any of the training that his brother had, was they said, oh, he'll go along as a security escort. Yeah. So why not just have one of the guys already stationed there
0: Here's you know, get my, doppled into a Navi
1: and he gets the security escort. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Here's my idea for a better version of this script. The main protagonist is bad military man. Ooh. Bad military man who says this world is out to kill you. I'm going to try to keep as many of you alive, but I will fail because the majority of you are going to die. He's the one that gets lost in the forest. He's the one that gets to learn. He's the one that has a fucking story arc. Instead, we have all of this machinations so that we, oh, well, we can't understand someone having a change of heart from going from a bad person to a good person. Good people are always good, and bad people are always bad, and they never, ever change their minds.
1: (laughs) Just like real life.
0: Just like in real life. No one has doubts. No one has anything. Bad guy is bad. Good guy is good. And we understand why good guy is working for bad guy because good guy wants his legs back. Right, Steve?
1: <laughs> That's the idea.
0: Now, while Steve says this isn't a bad movie, I am going to say it is a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Lots of people like the spectacle, and lots of people like all the technology that James Cameron came up with in order to make this movie. And I'm, and I'm sure it was super impressive. But Steve should know uh, something very specific about me and what is the most important thing for me when it comes to film, Steve.
1: <laughs> to not be boring. Narrative. Ah, that too.
0: Narrative. If your story and script are bad, I don't care if you've somehow created holograms that will suck my dick while watching this movie. Tell me a story while you're
1: sucking my dick.
0: If the story is bad, your movie is bad. Yeah. And while some people might put it aside or they might think this is the greatest thing ever, I personally find it derivative garbage that that I thankfully this is the second time I've watched it, I struggled to stay awake watching it now, even with breaks where I'd pause it and go do anything else <laughs> and come back. <laughs> I never intend on watching this movie again, and I do not intend to watch any of the sequels, because then it's full, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea, and nor do I care, because not only am I not invested in the protagonist of this last film, I'm not invested in the Na'vi, either. Why would I be invested in a group that has no flaws and no, you know... No, It's just like, oh, these ones live in the water and these ones live in the coast. And these They've got to fight. You know what I want? I want to fight between the Ewoks and the Na'vi. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> Come and on, I Ewoks. I want the
0: Ewoks to fucking win. <laughs> Come on,
1: Ewoks. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Steve? Yes. Classic or not classic?
1: I gotta go not classic.
0: Me too. Yeah. Not classic. It made a shit zillion dollars. Just like Birth of a Nation did. Oh,
1: damn. (laughs) Going for the low blow. And, you know, the other thing is, as much as I, you know, acknowledge the, the technical accomplishments of it, most of the technical achievements have been surpassed. Like it—it's yep. not like it stands as as this you know mar- yeah. this cinematic milestone. Like everything that it uh-huh. did has been surpassed and and equaled or bettered since. So you don't even have yeah, that. Everyone's
0: like, what's what's the next technical thing that Cameron is going to do for Avatar two that'll get people to go into theaters? And at that point, you are no longer an
1: artist, right?
0: Because all people are talking about is what technical thing are you going to do to wow people when they go into the theater? You are no longer creating storylines, narrative. You're not doing the traditional things that people are looking for. All you're doing is coming up with shit that people go, ooh, ah, when they go into the, into the movie theater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I need about five minutes of ooh, ah, before I start tapping my foot waiting for a story to actually start. Yeah, same Someone here. made this... Someone made a, a great comparison. They said James Cameron is not a great filmmaker. He's a he's he's not a Spielberg. He's not a he's he's you know he's not a Kubrick. He's not a Scorsese. He's an Edison.
1: Yeah, oh, that's what a they great. Mean by yeah. that
0: is Edison was an inventor. Edison made movies. You fucking name one Edison movie. I can because I'm a cinephile. You name one. No. Oh, that's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can name one, but I can.
0: Well, yeah, but yeah. you're a cinephile, yeah, exactly. too. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that is such a great comparison.
0: Yeah. yeah. Edison was a showman, and Edison, Edison stole other people's ideas. I was just
1: going to say, and like James Cameron, Edison was a thief. Yes. <laughs> Although Cameron isn't, Edison, Cameron isn't as flagrant of a thief as Edison. Yeah. He never just took someone's movie up and with showed it.
0: Great advancements in film, yeah. but his actual films weren't that great. Right. No, not right. at all. And Cameron's kind of hitting that right now. And if Cameron doesn't figure that out, he's going to be sitting there scratching his head, trying to figure out why people aren't going to Avatar 3. And that's because we need to be invested in your characters. And James needs someone else to write his fucking scripts. So, well, yeah, maybe,
1: and, and, you know, maybe he needs someone else to direct him, too. Like, he's the kind of guy who, if he, if he was sort of like a very involved producer... Where he was coming up with ideas and kind of guiding yeah. things, like that might be his ideal role, and get someone else who who has mm-hmm. more of a, you know, who's, who who prioritizes things like story and character to actually do the mm-hmm. creative bit.
0: Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> um, Tina, he's a dick. You know, they, uh, above the studio door, he, uh, he he has a nail gun in the studio yes. where he takes people's cell phones and he nails them onto the wall and i'm I'm sure the assistants who are making an infinitesimal fraction of amount of money that he is are like thanks great yeah that's that's three months of my pay just well, nailed up onto the wall i'm sure you can you can throw them away like juju in fact he probably does he's like i'm done with this phone throws it over <laughs> the, his shoulder his assistant hands him a brand new one out of the box here you go the
1: brand new iphone thank uh-huh. you well, oh, and also, it's like, you know, it's fucking the 21st century. I probably need the phone to do my job. Like, it's not like I'm on the movie set, like, texting my friends. I'm probably working. Right. So just leave me to yeah. fuck alone with your gun. I was gun. probably
0: doing something for you yes. at your instruction. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jackass. So,
0: anyway, yeah, no. But quick, <laughs> recommend something,
1: Steve. Oh, boy. You know, um,. I know the movie, the movie I'm going to recommend is, is a movie that I know a lot of people have seen already, but I don't care. It's a great movie. And it's a movie that it's one of the movies that I was thinking about all throughout watching Avatar. Um, I actually, when, when we talked about Avatar last time, when we announced this movie as our next show, I made a joke about, you know, just watch Dances with Wolves because it's basically the same movie. Um, Yeah. I'm not going to. But
0: here's the thing about Dances with Wolves. You ready? Yeah. He's not really a white savior in that movie.
1: That's true. Yeah. He's more... He
0: doesn't... Remember, they, think, they view everything that he does and everything that he is as kind of a joke. Yeah. Right? He doesn't actually save the, them from anything at that point. He gives them guns at one point, but that's about it.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. No, Tom Cruise in Last Samurai is more of a white savior. <laughs> uh, but, like, big time. Like, yeah. like I think James Cameron saw that and said, I can beat that, and then he made Avatar. Um, but so I'm not going to recommend Dances with Wolves because I really don't think it's that great of a movie. But mm-hmm. there's another movie that I often compare to Dances with Wolves, and I think, why does everybody like this movie when they should like this movie? And they do like this movie. It's a really popular movie. And the movie I'm going to recommend is Michael Mann's Last of the Mohicans. Uh, uh, because it's, first of all, it's, it's, think about this. It's less than two hours long.
0: What? That's impossible. Uh,
1: how could you make a fulfilling film? It's less than two hours based long.
0: On, a, on a popular novel, based on a
1: popular novel that they cut a lot of shit out of. Oh, they did. Because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is, and it's directed by Michael Mann, starring Daniel Day Lewis during his hot phase Jesus yeah. Christ, what a good-looking man. Um, and not only that, just a fantastic cast. You forget, it's one of those movies when you haven't seen it for a while, you go through the cast list, like, you forget what an amazing cast this has. It's this, uh, obviously, Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe, um, but uh, Dylan Baker is in it, and Pete Postlewaite. And Colomini, Chief O'Brien from Deep Space Nine is in Jared Harris, little baby Jared Harris is in it. Um, such a great cast. And and uh, Wes Studi, who also lends his voice to a character in Avatar, playing what I think is probably the best Wes Studi part in his whole great career as uh, Magua, the, the villain of this movie. Um, it's a, it has some of the same problems in terms of White Savior stuff uh, that, that Avatar has, but it deals with them a lot better. Uh, And they're not quite as glaring in in Last of the Mohicans as it is in Avatar. And the other thing is, it's just a really, really well-made, incredibly exciting action movie with some romance and some historical stuff to go along with it. And it's just a a really, really fun, fantastic movie with a great score. And if you watch Avatar and you think, oh, this is boring, if you haven't seen it for a while, or or, or somehow if you've just never seen it to begin with, I would recommend checking out Last of the Mohicans. Yay, my turn.
0: Okay, so as you guys know, I like to take recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, so it's 2009. And I'm going to kind of recommend A Polar Opposite. This is a film that's known for its visual qualities, that, from a director who's known for his visual style. Um, this movie is better well-known as being the last movie from someone, and it took a lot of work to get it um, to screen. It's from one of, you guys know, one of my favorite directors, as soon as I mention the name of the movie and the director. The movie that I'm going to recommend is The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Mm. Directed by Terry Gilliam. It was Heath Ledger's last film. He died in production of it. As many people know, um, they were trying to figure out how to put him in, uh, how to finish the film since he was gone. And that's when uh, Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and Jude Law stepped forward and said, we will play his parts in the remainder. And because of the structure and what the film is about, that works astonishingly well. It works very well. It's basically about an old guru who makes a bet with the devil. Who plays the devil? Well, Tom Waits, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to over-explain the plot because the plot is pretty straightforward. It's interesting. Um, it's not one of his bigger budgeted uh, movies, but this is the first time that he really starts using extensively and discovers the freedom of uh, uh, CGI. Um, and he uses it sparingly. And he uses it where it's appropriate. Um, This is the greatest performance from uh, Vern Troyer, who is also in the film. Um, One of the great things about Gilliam is that he will cast little people and then never reference that they're a little person. Yeah. And not make fun of their height or not make fun of, you know, point out that the person is a little person. And he is very much the conscience conscience of the film. Um, It is it's not high fantasy. It's definitely a fantasy film. It is great fun. It is a gorgeous film to look at. It is very well acted. And, um, you know, most people, here's the thing. If you're in in the United States, there's a reason why you probably didn't see it, and that's because they didn't really release it in the U.S. It did gangbusters (laughs) all over the rest of the world because they get nice things. But the companies here in the U.S. think we're a bunch of dumb fucking idiots who won't get a movie like The Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus, so they give it a limited run
1: here in the U.S.,
0: but I'm sure you can find it. You can. I'm sure you can stream it or whatever. The Imaginarian of Doctor Parnassus. Not even Steve saw it.
1: <laughs> I, that's true. I haven't seen it. I'll have to catch up with it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah that's great. Hey, Steve. Yeah.
1: It's time for you to make a terrible choice.
0: <laughs> Every episode now, Steve <sighs> has to choose between three movies. He's going to be picking the next movie that we're going to review. <sighs> it's a blind choice that Steve has to make. Because I've selected the films. And I've been ra- relatively cruel to Steve over the last few months. Yes, yes. Playing tricks on him, like that time with the two towers, or sometimes <laughs> letting him know that some of the things are, some of the choices are good, some of them are bad, and telling him if he chooses one, I'm going to kill myself. So I'm not doing that this time, Steve. Oh, good. I will tell you this much. All three of the feet th- all three of them, are in the same genre more or less. Okay. And all three of them have very good reputations. Oh. So Steve? Okay. A, B, or C?
1: I'm going to go with C. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's that's not a good sound. That's not a good sound.
0: <laughs> no, that's a good sound. That's a good oh. sound. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, okay. had you chosen A, we would have reviewed Enter the Dragon.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Had you chosen B, we would have reviewed Kung Fu
1: Hustle. Hmm. Interesting.
0: But since you chose C, the next movie that we're going to review is the Jackie Chan classic, (gasps) The Legend of Drunken Master. Oh, yes. Our first real Chinese Kung Fu movie.
1: Oh, great.
0: Way overdue. Yeah. (laughs) And while I was kind of holding out that you would have picked a B, Kung Fu Hustle, because it's one of my favorite movies ever, or Enter the Dragon, because that one's like, that one has a great reputation, and I don't know how well it's holding (laughs) out. I'm glad that we're doing Jackie Chan, because he fucking deserves to have at least one of his movies highlighted on our show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, if you want to get all the jokes, why don't you go and watch The Legend of Drunken Master? And that's it! Thanks everybody for listening in for late seating. This has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week.
1: And this has been Steve Shives. And remember, they're just goddamn trees.
0: <laughs> but these trees are interconnected. They talk to each other. Blah it's like a blah blah.
1: I don't hear anything anybody says. <laughs> they're just trees. Trees suck. Give me the rocks under the trees. Even if they were
0: just trees, they're the ones that provide oxygen. Uh, to you uh, the just no.
1: to provide oxygen. Cut down the Did trees to... and get me their magic rocks. Did you go to school to become this callous? <laughs> oh, this I had to go to school. school? Uh, look at me. I had an education. Get me. Cut down the trees and get me the I- I magic rocks. I think you rocks. have
0: a mental disorder because no matter what I say, you you parrot it back in a mocking tone. <gasps> oh, he's
1: mocking me. He's mocking me.
0: See? Here, I'm going to try something else. What would you like in your coffee, sir?
1: Oh, I'd like a coffee with some sugar.
0: Do you mean that? No. Then why don't you say what you mean?
1: Just cut down the trees and get me the rocks. Do I need to show you the rock on my desk again? No, why don't you
0: show me the one outside?
1: (laughs) 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 Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
0: Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rolling at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts.